Hi, it's another edition of Making Money. Gord Whitehead here, retired broadcaster, along with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. We said we were going to talk about concrete. Boy, Ron, as you say, it's something you don't think about, but it is a sector of the market that people should pay attention to because it's not going away. <laughs> no, it's and global concrete production totals 75 billion tons or 5 billion cubic yards annually. And just the cement to make it was 4.5 billion tons. Concrete is versatile, inexpensive, durable, and it, it's made with simple materials, sand, gravel, water, binder cement, and it's the world's most important building material. And we're trying to cover on these shows things that you see every day, but often you don't connect the dots and say, well, is there an investment opportunity here? So this is what we want to do today. We want to look at concrete, cement, and aggregates and talk about the positives, talk about the risks, and we'll look at some of the major players in the sector as well. Well, you talk about, for example, foundation of your home, concrete, your driveway, the sidewalks out in front of your home, the roads on which you drive. I mean, sometimes they may be asphalt, but there's some concrete curbing involved. Uh the city that I live in here, just north of Edmonton, seems to be constantly under repair. And that's part of the infrastructure component of this, right? And countries, especially Western countries, have not spent a lot of money, uh, or as much money as they should, uh, just putting funds toward repair, maintenance, and and fixing up all the infrastructure that they already have in place. And so we're seeing governments on the municipal, provincial, and federal levels in, in Canada and certainly on the municipal, state, and, and federal levels in the U.S. that are starting to direct a lot of money in this sector. So it's one of the big, big uh, positives that we're seeing as more money goes into infrastructure. Well, we are certainly going to see a significant portion of that funneled back into concrete, cement, and aggregates. Just as an aside, uh, one of my sons is in the construction business, and, and he's a supply chain guy. He was telling me this was during COVID. He said, Dad, I can't even find gravel. Well, hopefully you can find gravel these days. That's a key component of concrete. Well, building material prices are starting to drop in price, making them more affordable. And so uh, the shortages that we saw, especially during COVID, when, when frankly part of the issue was just you couldn't get people to come to work to deliver stuff. Well, I think part of that is behind us now. And so building material prices are starting to drop. And, you know, last time I was in a hardware store and looked around, you know, prices are still sky high. I bought uh, a, a bag of uh, steel wool uh, to remove some rust. And, you know, I bought the first bag at $3. And then the next time I went in the store, it was 6 but a lot of other materials are starting to actually come down in price. Lumber starting to, to, to come down. Many different types of lumber, and, uh, plumbing fixtures and things like that are starting to cool off a bit, which is, which is great because uh, as building material prices start to, to level off, it makes things more affordable if you're building them. So I guess the risk here, though, is this is a cyclical sector. I mean, when times are good and infrastructure money is pouring out and projects are on the go... It's all well and good to be invested in the sector, but that's not always the case. No, and that prevents, uh, presents uh, risk and opportunity, because when you're in a cyclical industry, if things are strong, 
well, obviously you invest and you, you ride it up. But when you've got an environment where you've got high interest rates and inflation uh, that could lead, you know, many people are calling for a global recession next year. And there's certainly lots of countries uh, in, for example, Europe that are already in recession. And certainly in Canada, there's a debate whether we went into recession or we've gone into recession this, this particular quarter. So um, when that happens, often you'll get these types of companies will really pull back in value. And so if you're patient and you watch them closely, uh, these are the kind of companies you want to buy in the recession. And then uh, when they're cheap, you just sit there and hold on and wait. And then when the economy turns around and, and uh, cement and concrete use goes back up, uh, prices go up back up with it. So do stocks. I can recall uh, a facility that was not too far from, I used to travel by it on my way to work, and I'd see a lot of stuff coming out of the chimney. Uh, usually I thought it was steam. There's obviously other components in there. I thought, boy, they have to use a lot of heat to get that much steam going up there. They're big users of energy, aren't they? Yeah, cement producers are the largest industrial emitters of CO2 worldwide. They literally account for 8% or 2.7 billion tons of the gas annually. Uh, they use fossil fuels, especially coal in their manufacture. Uh, they're trying to train, change that over to use uh, natural gas, which is... Uh, um, a lot cleaner. Yeah, a lot cleaner. So the, there's a lot of pressure to reduce emissions right now from this sector. And the problem is, is that for uh, concrete companies and cement manufacturers to do this, um, it's going to mean a significant amount of retooling and that's very very expensive so uh if if they're they're pushed to do this uh there's going to be some significant costs and that obviously goes to the bottom line and reduces their profits so uh that is one of the bigger risks that you have to keep in mind when you're looking at this sector are they going to be able to come out with a way to significantly reduce their co2 footprint and do it in such a way that uh, it doesn't hurt their balance sheet too much Okay, so we've established that they're not going away. I mean, we are going to continue to need concrete for as far as I can see into the future, which is maybe not that far, but it, uh, it's an element that just is part of our lives everywhere you go. So who are the major players here? If we want to play this sector, who should we be looking at? Some of the major players are CRH, the PLC. They're a British company. Uh, their symbol is CRH. They trade in the U.S. They're 14 times earnings, so they're, they're pretty reasonably priced. They got a yield of 2.2%, and the stock is up 74% in the last five years. This is an Irish company that manufactures cement, concrete products, aggregates. They do roofing, insulation, and other building materials, and they're pretty well represented in Ireland, United States, U.K., Spain, Germany, and the Netherlands. So... Uh, we're starting to see an expansion into North America, and uh, they're a company that has had a very nice growth rate over the last five years. One that's a little more focus-scored on, uh, you know, uh, just sand, aggregates, cement, and concrete, you know, a lot of the basic materials, Martin Marietta, MLM, um, they trade in the U.S., they're in 26 uh, different states. They're in Canada. They're in the Caribbean. They're 27 times earnings, have a yield of 0.7%. And the stock has had uh, stellar returns over the last five years, up 
And Martin Marietta, that's a name that I think a lot of people might be familiar with. It's, it's in the back of their mind. Uh, anybody else we should look at here? Well, Vulcan Materials, another U.S. company, VMC. Uh, they're expensive, 38 times earnings, have a yield of 0.8%. But over the last five years, the stock is up 82%. Uh, they provide aggregates, concrete, calcium, asphalt, and they're focused strictly on the U.S. On the Canadian side of things, uh, there's Wholesome. Now, a lot of people aren't familiar with them. Uh, HCMLY is the symbol. They're 10 times earnings. They've got a yield of 4.2%. So uh, they've got a bigger dividend than uh, any of the others on our list. The stock is up 37% in the last five years. That's just the capital gains. That does not include the dividend. And Wholesome is huge. They're a Swiss building materials conglomerate with offices in 70 countries. And in Canada, you probably know them as Lafarge. Yep, big concrete producers here. Yeah, big, big concrete producers, you know, and you see Lafarge um, anytime, uh, you know, they have they have that big uh, cement-producing facility. Just if you're, if you're headed out towards St. Albert, you, you, you see the big billowing smoke there all the time. Uh, so they're, they're a big, big player in Canada. Okay, so is this, uh, if we play this sector, it's one obviously you've got to pay attention to as you talk about the risk of recession and things that could slow it down. So is this maybe a, a trading sector that you want to get into, not so much buy and hold? Yeah, these are stocks that are more suited to trading than buy and hold. So you buy them when the economy is cheap, and uh, then you, you, you sell them after they've had a good run. Uh, they expand and contract with the economy, so... These are trading stocks. They're not something that you want to walk down the aisle with and hold forever. So, you know, if we go into a recession, this is uh, one of the sectors you want to put on your list, along with the construction companies and so on, that uh, they, they tend to get hurt in a recession. But the stock price reflects that. and could be a real good opportunity for you if you're, you're fast enough on your feet. You can buy when they're cheap, and then you can ride them up through the next cycle. All right, we're back again next week with another installment of Making Money. Remember, if you have a question or uh, a show suggestion, please send it to us. Letsmakemoney.ca is our website. You can also reach us through cfcw.com, where the show is hosted. Next week, we're going to talk. We often talk about dividends on the show, Ron, and how dividends can be one of your best friends. But uh, what's a dividend trap? That's the question we're going to ask. And you have the answer? Yeah, well, Dividend Trap is a, is a company that is paying more in dividends than it can afford, and so it has to cut eventually its dividend. And if you're in a dividend trap, when they cut the dividend, often you see not only your income crushed, but the value of the stock goes down as well. So it's very important, especially if you're buying stocks and you're biased toward getting higher income, uh, you want to be very careful so you understand the telltale signs of companies that are going to continue to grow their dividend or companies that are dividend traps and will crush your income and the total profitability of your portfolio when they have to make that dividend cut. Back next week to put some meat on the bone. Hopefully you can join us. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for listening. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional.
The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.